The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. The NHL has a Pride Night, and we have much to say about that. There is an NHL, or a uh, sorry, a men's Frozen Four going on, uh, as well as the Final Four now being set, and we've got a little bit of a hot seat going on. And tonight's hot seat is going to be in the NFL, and of course, Jeremy and I both have some bets to be going through with DraftKings. We're going to talk about all of this tonight and so much more on Rising to the Occasion. We here on Rising to the Occasion, we love to watch sports. Turning on the TV and watching the competitive nature of the greatest people to have ever played in their respective sport is entertaining for a lot of reasons. There used to be a day when you could turn on the game and sit there and enjoy it for what it was. One aspect about the sports that makes it fun is the uniforms. We look at teams and organizations that pull put a lot of work into their uniforms and color schemes. They want it to be fun for the players wearing them, for the fans seeing them, and even for the, ma the marketing aspect from which the fans want to buy it and wear it themselves. Oregon is a perfect example of this. Every week, it seems like they have a completely new uniform. We see fans buying the jerseys, the other gear that goes along with the coolest new color scheme or the uniform designs. There are other leagues and sports where we see this as well. Recently, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Browns, the Rams, Chargers, and many other teams in the NFL change their color schemes or their uniforms are completely rebranded. We see this in the NHL with the Kings' new chrome helmets, which are cool but distracting. And even the Ducks, the Anaheim Ducks, with their new logo and, and color scheme, even though it's not as cool as the retro, but... Now we're interrupted by drama in the NHL because they want to wear uniforms, which most of us enjoy, but this time wearing uniforms with a flag to show support and inclusivity with people's sexual orientation. The San Jose Sharks goalie James Reimer didn't participate in the pregame warmups a week ago from this past Saturday night, saying that the team's decision to wear pride-themed jerseys supporting the LGBTQ community contradicts his religious beliefs. Instead of allowing him to hold his own beliefs and keep this story unheard, we see a big uproar of writers and sports personalities who don't speak for the fans of these sports. There are even LGBTQ activists upset about this who have probably never seen a game of hockey in their entire life. Shortly after this, we hear that the Blackhawks decide uh, against wearing special warm-up jerseys to commemorate Pride Night because of a Russian player on their roster citing an anti-gay Kremlin law that could imperil Russian athletes when they return home. Now, I only bring all of this up because I think I speak for the real fans when I say this. Leave my sports alone. We don't need to support anyone's sexual orientation, race, religion, or even their feelings. Just play the sport. For those who don't like that, don't watch it the way that it probably already is. Stop making drama and these annoying things creep their way into our sports when that isn't what we watch them for. And like I said, I think I speak for a lot of sports fans, if not most or even all of them, when I say that. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host for the night, a uh, good friend and also family member of mine, Jeremy. Jeremy, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Um, I'm, I'm living. You know, it's just things like this, you know, it's just... I, you know, personally, with 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 this whole thing going on in, in the NHL, and it's happened in other other sports as well. We've seen this, uh, you know, really across the entire sports world, where it just seems like little things like this, different politics, uh, and specifically this issue, likes to kind of creep its way into the sports world, and it's just uh, ultimately frustrating. And I'm, I'm not sure how you feel about it, but I think most fans just think, you know, to themselves, can we just keep this stuff out of it and just play sports and enjoy it for what it is. You said it the best. I mean, the last thing when I'm watching a sports game is thinking about politics or thinking about something else. I'm in it for watching the game and watching the excitement and watching the overall outcome of the game. Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? Who's going to? What's it going to do for the playoff standings or whatever? But like I said, 
and you said it the best. I'm not in it for politics. I'm in it for watching the sports. I I can't even remember the last time I even thought about something like that for bringing it and mentioning it into our what we love to watch is sports. And I mean, it's becoming ridiculous. I mean, the last, like I said multiple times, I don't want to bring anything outside of watching the game and who's going to win into watching the sports. And I mean, flat out, I just, it's just sickening in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just like, again, you think about how many people you're actually maybe reaching out to with this kind of stuff too. Like how many uh, people in the LGBTQ community even care about sports or even watch them, you know, and, and how many by wearing these jerseys are you even going to bring into the game? Uh, that, that's the part that I think uh, frustrates me the most. But then, uh, you know, the, I guess the reason why it, all of this frustrates me is because now we're going to have all of this bad publicity against a player uh, that, you know, we, we saw this in the past uh, as well. Uh, with a, a Philadelphia Flyers player, I believe back in January, uh, you know, and so we, we see these players get kind of a bad rap on their name and criticized and kind of shown a, a lot of hate towards them just because they don't want to participate in something that really shouldn't even be a part of the game at all. So now I feel like we're just kind of creating, uh, you know, another avenue to kind of put a bad spotlight on these players when it's just unnecessary altogether and it doesn't do anything good for the sport to, to include it. Uh, and it wouldn't do anything bad for the sport just to keep it out of the game. Exactly. I mean, like you said, who's who's exactly going to show the support and who's going to show the hatred of it? I mean, you're like you said in the pre-intro. If it, if you're not going to watch it, you be you. You do you. I'm not going to yeah. backlash you. I'm not going to say say boo. If you don't want to watch it, okay, you can go do something else or go watch something else. But I mean, it's going to. Definitely, obviously, see a big change in the ratings, see it towards players' perspective for NHL.com or whatever particular sport that you're watching. But, I mean, it's definitely going to make an outcome, and it's definitely going to come back and bite you. But, I mean, I'm, on the other hand, where I'm just going to keep doing me and just keep doing what I love and watching sports. Yeah, yeah, and it just, you know, I guess all the bad publicity just makes it hard because, you know, if I guess for, for people who are against those things, which you know, a lot of sports fans would be against some of these politics that they're trying to press. It just creates yeah. maybe some sort of divide within ourselves, you know, like uh, whenever the, the, the NFL took their, their long stand against the national anthem, you know, that, that really frustrated a lot of fans and made a lot of fans turn away from the sport. And, you know, I, I know people who still don't watch the NFL now uh, since that because they wanted to try to protest something that means so so much to a lot of uh, you know Americans and stuff like that. But uh, you know, I, it's you know I, I think you brought it up. Just just leave politics out of it. Uh, and there's there's a lot of it. You know, just it's it's so much easier for us just to leave politics out of it and just let us enjoy these sports because for a lot of people, I think sports is just an amazing way for us just to not just forget about politics, but forget about work, forget about pretty much everything outside of the sport. And, you know, we can 100%. get upset and get happy and just whatever it is about that sport and nothing else matters when we're when we're watching that sport. It's such a stress reliever uh, in, in many ways just to be able the, the fact that we can set our minds completely away from everything else and just enjoy something that that we love, uh, you know, and especially in something like hockey, uh, you know, it, it's it's a sport full of passion uh, and, and a sport that a lot of people watch. Again, not not to not to be paying attention to to what you know what uh, what feelings or uh, you know race or anything like that that we're supporting tonight or you know in this in this in this scenario whose sexual orientation we're going to support tonight. Really, nobody cares. Whenever they flip on a hockey game, that doesn't cross into our minds. Uh, so yeah, I just I, that's just something that I would be much happier if we would just leave that out altogether. Hundred percent. I couldn't even agree anymore. But you know, let's uh, kind of jump off of this topic. Let's go over to the Frozen Four. I know you've been paying quite a bit more attention to the Frozen Four. Uh, like I said uh, to you just before, you know, jumping on here, and going live. Uh, it's just cr kind of crazy how, you know, through pretty much all of the college sports, you know, I feel like maybe college hockey is maybe one of them that doesn't get 
near enough attention, but uh, I know you and I, our, our families, you know, we, we all love hockey. So uh, kind of give me the, the breakdown of the Frozen Four, who's in the Frozen Four, what's been going on in it, uh, and kind of fill everybody in on, you know, especially for those who haven't even been able to catch the Frozen Four at all. So the Frozen Four, I know during the regular season, everyone's always based off records, like how it is for the playoffs in the NFL. Then just even looking at the Frozen Four tournament, the Frozen Four tournament, the main games are going to be held in Tampa. Then your regional games for qualifying, they some have been held in Fargo, North Dakota, just north of me. Um, then there's been some other games that have been on the East Coast. I think if I remember, they were in Boston. Don't correct. I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm not 100 percent sure. But I know I've been sticking my nose deep into those games. And then um, it's just been really, really fun just to watch and just even see the college game and aspect. There's been so many games that have been blowouts and just overall shockers a little bit both i mean just even to talk about it just some of the games that i happened to catch was the st cloud state huskies against the minnesota state mavericks the game overall itself was really really good for both st cloud and minnesota state they both didn't let off the gas one single ounce then it just takes one shot like it always does in hockey to change the, the entire game itself and that's how it went for St. Cloud State. Once they finally got that first goal, then they just kept attacking and attacking in that weak spot. Then at the end of the day, St. Cloud State, they ended up getting the dub against Minnesota State, a shutout against 4 and nothing. Then that game hurt a little bit just because I've gone to some Mavericks games in the last pass. Then it was really, really cool to see them make the tournament, but it sucks. But, I mean, it's a part of hockey. Everyone's not going to be able to win the championship at the end of the day. That or – um. Michigan versus Colgate was really, really good. A really high-scoring game. The final score ended up being 11-1, to Michigan over Colgate. And Michigan had seven different players light the lamp in the same game. And overall, it was really, really Michigan-dominant from the get-go. They didn't let off the gas for once. They just kept hammering down in the zone, played strong on the defensive aspect, and they just – as you can tell by the score, they just let it. They just showed everything. Then, um, looking to the Michigan Tech Penn State game, I didn't get a chance to watch much of that game, but I saw some highlights of the game. And Penn State definitely did show their skating ability and their firepower, being a final of eight to nothing, which was really, really surprising. And a lot of people were even talking about Michigan Tech maybe pulling off an upset against Penn State. They were really, really confident going into the tournament. And um, it's just kind of like what you see, like for March Madness, for example, you get all these top teams and then they start doing really, really well. And then all of a sudden, it just completely changed the aspect of the tournament, like like a flip of a switch. Then um, uh, everyone was always looking excited for the Minnesota Golden Gophers game. That game... Um, I can't remember exactly who to play. I want to say it was against. Uh, I want to say it was Kinesis. I can't remember, but correct me if I'm wrong. Um, yeah, it was. It was Kinesis. Minnesota started. Yeah, they um, they started the same way. Minnesota's obviously hockey town. You're going to see a good chunk of big time. Um, yeah, from the, you're going to see a good chunk of teams from Minnesota making into this tournament. And, um, that, like I said, that was another game. I didn't catch all the game, but I got a good glimpse of the third period. And that was when the goals just started to lay out. Minnesota got a five minute power play to start the third period. And that just helped them big time going into the period. And obviously Josh, you've been playing hockey games, power plays for specific teams, especially if they're top dominant on shots, it's going to help them a lot. Yeah, and um, the final the final score ended up being nine to two for the Golden Gophers. Then um, I can keep going on and on, but I mean, um, Boston University pulled off the win against um, Cornell against the Bears, two to nothing. Yeah. Um, uh, BU against Western Michigan, five to one. Um, Ohio State 
laid it to Harvard eight to one. Um, then even looking for the final games going to advance into the Frozen Four tournament down in Tampa. Um, Boston University made the game really interesting, and they took a final win two to one. Then Penn State against Michigan. Michigan pulled off a great game overall from the start with a two to one snipe in overtime in the seven yeah. minute mark. And I happened to see the highlights and I thought, holy cow, that's just a rocket of a shot. And I was truly amazed. But um, looking overall, now that you have the final four teams into the tournament, it's just going to be a real nail biter since the previous team, Denver, they got knocked out. Now yeah. everyone's wondering a little bit who's going to be the next hot shot. Now, in my honest opinion, I'm not trying to be biased here, but I mean, Minnesota is the state of hockey, so I'm kind of leaning towards the Golden Gophers from when I watch them, and they have a great coaching establishment. They just they know exactly what to do. Um, offensive and defensive, like I said, were fantastic. Um, they have a lot of players that have already been drafted in the NHL, and um, it's it's really going to show these next couple games to who's going to truly become the Frozen Four tournament winner this year. But if I had to, get, I gave my opinion on being the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Josh, if you had to get an honest guess, who do you think could see winning the Frozen Four tournament? Honestly, I think it's going to come down to Minnesota and Michigan based on what I've seen in the tournament so far, because you know we've seen. You know, I, like you brought up Denver. Denver was uh, one of the the top, uh, you know, top teams. You know, they're kind of the top dog, and so is Quinnipiac. Uh, and now yeah. both of them being knocked out, or I guess uh, no, Quinnipiac is still in it. Uh, I, I wasn't lo I wasn't looking yeah, at that right. Sure. So you know, I guess I guess those are the kind of the top two dogs. But kind of similar to the way that I felt with Boston going into the the NHL uh, playoffs, and then even when we talked about uh, men's basketball for. Alabama. I just I didn't see Alabama going all the way just because uh, you know and possibly not even at the Final Four just because they're that top dog that's been so hot all season long. Um, but I, I mean, yeah, I, I do feel like it's going to come down to Michigan and Minnesota. I kind of want to lean with Michigan just because I feel like they've just had a tougher road in their bracket, uh, and you know especially if they can beat Quinnipiac. Uh, I feel like that can that can really boost their morale and get them kind of going. So I, I think it'll be a tight game. I don't think it'll be, uh, you know, a blowout one way or the other. But I I, I do think I'm kind of going with Michigan and and Minnesota, and I think Michigan just barely pulls that ahead for me. That'll be pretty good of a final if that were to escalate. But I mean, I'm still sticking strong with Minnesota pride. I'm going to go and go for you. Yeah, yeah. I gotta I gotta I gotta stick with Michigan too. I wasn't even thinking about that until just now. But I guess Stephen Camper played over at Michigan too, so I gotta. I got to root on my, my guy, uh, yeah. you know, his his alma mater. So uh, maybe maybe I'll pull for Michigan yeah. a little bit in that one, anyways. But yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be cool too for for those teams. It's just I, I find it really fascinating when here in recent years, it just seems like a lot of the South is starting to get a little bit bigger into hockey. We see, you know, this is going down to Tampa, uh, and you know, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning has been really good in recent years. Uh, and then now even this year, we're mm -hmm. seeing teams like the Canes are doing well. They're a little bit further south. And then Dallas is doing well. Uh, so it's, it's really cool to kind of see those those warm states kind of picking up and kind of getting into the game of hockey quite a bit. Because uh, like I said, you and I, we've, we've loved hockey since a young age. You you played it quite a bit. Uh, and so, you know, it's mm -hmm. just it's, it's really cool to see those warmer states that, uh, you know, normally probably wouldn't be into hockey at all. It's starting to get a little bigger down there, and now bringing the Frozen Four down uh, to Tampa. Not only is that cool for these kids that are playing up in the North all, all year long, getting to go down to Tampa and have a have a cool little vacation uh, as they go down there to the tournament, but it's also cool that now people in the South are getting to experience stuff like this too, man. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said before, the Frozen Four doesn't get as big of a vibe as my opinion should. Um, I know in the past they've had it in um, Pittsburgh, this year being in Tampa, the next year, which is going to be really exciting for um, for me and my perspective, it's going to be held in St. Paul, Minnesota, which isn't that necessarily far of a drive for me. Yeah. Then I know they're even going to have some of the games for qualifying up in Sioux Falls, which is just an hour north of us. So maybe yeah. we can get together where we can think of a time to where we can go see some of the qualifying games. 
Yeah, definitely. We'll have to try to plan that out and kind of keep our eye on it, man. That, that'll be a lot of a lot of fun too, uh, being able to kind of see, definitely. you know, not not just college hockey and be able to experience that, but then also just you know, because it's it is really cool. Uh, you know, I think you know with us we we watch quite a bit of the USHL there in Sioux City just because of the Musketeers. Um, but then you know, even whenever you you get to you know watching you know from even just like a high school level up to the Musketeers in the USHL. There's a big, big, uh, you know, gap in, in uh, uh, just how good they are and, and skill that they have. And then, you know, you go from the USHL even over to college, and a lot of times the, the skill gap is a little bit different between their, them and then, you know, jumping up to the NHL. I mean, it's, just, it's really cool to be, be able to kind of see the progression that these guys take, uh, you know, because not all of them are like uh, Connor Bedard and being able to <laughs> have that kind of skill by the age of 16. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it it'll be really cool that we'll, we'll definitely have to plan it out to try to try to hit that up and uh, make it down to the or I guess make it up to see some of those college games next year. But there you go. Yeah, I know definitely. I know you I know you got to go away and kind of see uh, some of the uh, some of the you know Minnesota State seeing a little bit of uh, of the college hockey and stuff like that this year, but. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking yeah. about the the Frozen Four. Let's jump over to it because a lot of chaos has happened in, in college basketball too, which probably gets more more eyes on it than uh, college hockey, which is understandable. It's probably, honestly, it's probably the best post-game tournament uh, in probably all of sports, uh, just the way that it's broken yeah. down and the madness that you see out of it. Uh, and it definitely gets the most, most uh, attention, but... You know, going over to this this final four, uh, we saw San Diego State upset Alabama. Florida Atlantic squeezed their way in past K State, and and uh, then we see Miami squeeze their way through and UConn. So we have a four seed going against a five seed. So a four seed UConn against a five seed Miami, and then a five seed San Diego State that went through a really tough road to get to where they are against a number nine Florida Atlantic. Uh, I mean, I know you. I know your your bracket was shattered on on the first round with Kansas going out. Uh, I had a little bit more hope with mine with Houston, but then they go down. I don't think anybody's bracket is even close to being. Uh, you know, I I don't know anyone that's had that has even one of these teams in the top four, let alone maybe two. Definitely not four in the top four. Uh, you know, to to go to the final four and yep. see. UConn, Miami, San Diego State, and, and Florida Atlantic. Uh, one thing that surprised me with Florida Atlantic, and uh, you know, I, I definitely took the over on them against Kansas State whenever I was <laughs> checking out that game, just because Florida Atlantic can score, and that's really what's what's gotten them this far. Because you know, there'd be times where they were down. I think they were down by seven against K State, and I thought, man, they're you know, K State's starting to get away with it. But then Florida Atlantic just finds ways to score and. They, they do it in such a weird fashion because there was times where it was just a bad shot selection and they're putting up a three from, you know, maybe three or four feet out from the arc. And I'm just, I'm looking at their shot selection thinking, what are you doing? You just need to score points. And they end up hitting it. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's amazing. San Diego State, on the other hand, I think they've been really good defensively because they shut down Brandon Miller from Alabama. Uh, and then, you know, being able to see their defense and, and work all season long. Uh, up to this point even uh, and then Miami and UConn that's that's going to be another fun matchup too I don't know just two very evenly matched teams uh, but you know I guess give me your thoughts did, did you see either of these four teams even making it to the final four let alone being these four teams not a chance <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest with you not a single chance but the one thing I like about these final four teams that have made the bracket none of them are a one seed Everyone, like you mentioned, have to fight tooth and nail to get into this position. And, I mean, that's what makes it so fun about March Madness. I mean, you can make all the brackets you want. You can pick anybody you want to win. I mean, you can literally just say say what you want. But, I mean, these guys have just fought tooth and nail for it. But, I mean, it's overall really, really going to be fun to see who ends up pulling it all. In my opinion, it's hard to choose between any of these teams, but if I had to honestly give you my opinion of who's going to pick it, I want to go a little bit towards UConn, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I like UConn a lot. I think they're the most well-rounded team out of this. 
Um, and then, mm-hmm. so, so in, in that game, I think I'm taking UConn against Miami, but then I'm, I think I'm going to go with the nine seed over San Diego State, the nine seed Florida Atlantic, FAU making it. So it was the first time FAU has ever won an NCAA tournament game. So not just, you know, yeah. not just, uh, you know, you know, winning a, a sweet 16 game, none of that first time ever winning an NCAA tournament game whatsoever. And then the, the first time ever winning a sweet 16 game, first time ever winning an elite, a, a elite eight game, first time ever making it to the final four. Now they're going to have a chance to be the first time ever to win a final four game and make it to the national championship game. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, for me, I'm taking Florida Atlantic against UConn. And I really want to go with Florida Atlantic is how crazy would that be to see a nine seed pull it off. But I, I think with, with my prediction, if, if I'm being more realistic with it, I'm going with UConn. But I'm going to go with, with my emotions and just pick the number nine seed FAU to win it all. If FAU wins this, the world is going to explode. <laughs> I mean, talk about March Madness. We, we asked for March Madness, and it brought the most madness we could think of. Uh, you know, thinking of, of Virginia going down, uh, you know, with Princeton making it to the Sweet 16, uh, you know, and then FAU doing what they did, Alabama going down against probably the most unlikely opponent for them to have gone down against. You know, we were kind of looking at maybe a, yeah. an Alabama-Houston matchup, maybe that being the downfall for Alabama, you know. But I don't know if anyone said that, you know, I don't know if anyone would have been able to predict no number one seeds making it to the Elite Eight, let alone the Final Four. Uh, so, you know, none of them making it to the Elite Eight. Uh, I mean, that's that's just incredible. And to see that the highest seed in this tournament is a number four seed, uh, it, it's it's definitely March Madness. It brought it all to us this year. Oh, 100%. I mean, even look at what ESPN talked about. I can't remember if it was, if it was after the first round or the second round. There was so many brackets that got completely thrown in the trash. Yeah. Then I want to say it was after the Sweet 16 ESPN release that there was zero brackets that remained perfect. Then that just really made me think, holy cow, March Madness is really bringing the madness this year. Yeah, even after just the first round, I think I think it was whittled down. But I, I'm pretty sure after second round is when it was it, like it was completely shattered for everyone. So I mean, it's just yeah, it was it was definitely a crazy a crazy year, uh, you know, for March Madness, but. It, it, it makes it a lot of fun. You know, it sucks that, you know, your bracket doesn't hold up as long as you want and everything. But you know what? That happens to everybody's bracket. Everybody's bracket has, you know, because like there's there was several upsets that I picked on. I, I filled out three different brackets and all three of them. I, I tried to pick a different big upset, you know, like, hey, this one's going to have this big upset and this one. And, you know, and I, I picked picked several on each one. And, you know, I, I think I hit a couple of them. But overall, I mean, there was just so many upsets and so many just big time, uh, you know, switch ups, you know, and for, you know, for these four teams, I mean, congrats to, to all of them. And one one cool thing that I saw, uh, the, the Kansas State head coach went over to the FAU locker room after that elite game, elite eight game. And he told them that they were they were the, the toughest team that they had ever faced the entire season long and that nobody can beat them when they're playing like this. And that was really cool. Uh, really good sportsmanship of him to go and do that. And I mean, just think of how much of a morale boost that's got to be to have a, a big time head coach for a big time school. K-State is a tough team. I, I really thought K-State, after after watching K-State in the first two rounds and, and for them making it to the Sweet 16, especially since there was no Kansas in that bracket anymore, I, I was kind of picking K-State to be the winner of it all. But I mean, for the fact that, that, that FAU beats Kansas State and does what they they did to them. I mean, they they really put K State in a really tough position because of just how much they can score. And K State had to keep on going to their key player nonstop, uh, and and it just wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was really cool, and it's just got to be a huge momentum boost uh, for them, not only to win that game, but then to have the head coach come and say that uh, was a, a really cool moment. Hundred percent. I mean, I've been in that bo- in that show before where. I've had a head coach from an opposing team come into our locker room after we win and say that exact same situation. That was during when I played hockey in high school. And that's just a really, really big confidence booster, not only to you, 
the entire team, the coaches, everybody. I mean, like you mentioned, Josh, that takes a lot of respect from both the uh, both the team that gets the credit and giving it to the coach that walks into the locker room of the opposing team and tell them congratulations and telling them that you guys are one of the toughest teams that we played this entire time. That takes a lot of heart, and that shows a lot of respect to that coach and the team and everybody. I mean, doing something like that is not easy to do. I mean, yeah. it it really truly does show sportsmanship behind the aspects of all of this, and it really is heartwarming for some of these teams who have never even had an opportunity to even think of even making it this far into the tournament. And it's just, it just really is heartwarming and. It's really, really cool to see stuff like that, and I hope that we get to see more stuff like that in the future. Yeah, and yeah, like you said, too, a team that that was completely counted out since day one. You know, from from the get go. You know, they were counted out in round one for most people, and especially the the big the big uh, you know sports pundits and stuff like you know the people like that that really uh, that, that you that you're really going to hear if you're this team. You know, FAU uh, being counted out since day one making it this far, proving everybody wrong. That's got to be a boost in of itself. But then now to have the head coach come and do that, it, it, it's really cool. And it's one of those things, too, that makes you love sports that much more when you still see that sportsmanship being shown. You know, because let, let's be honest, you know, there's there's certain aspects of the game that we see unsportsmanlike conduct uh, in, in the game that we, a lot of times as fans, we enjoy some of it because we realize that during the game, that's just part of the game. Because then afterwards we see mm-hmm. stuff like this, you know. Because during that game, I, I can guarantee there was there was bad blood during the game and and bad you know bad words being said back and forth. But afterwards, you just have to appreciate the fact that you were in that moment and go up and congratulate the other team and tell them good job, pat them on the back and send them on their way to to the final four. Mm-hmm. But hundred uh, percent. I mean. It's fun, that's for sure. I mean, oh, yeah. you get like I said, you got to give it all, blood, sweat, and tears, and all. I mean, at the end of the day, you just got to face the fact that yeah, you came up short, or you're going on to the final four. But I mean, at the same time, you got to look at the perspective: did we just lose to a final four team, or did we just beat the team who could have potentially won this whole thing? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, it, you you said it perfect too. It is a lot of fun, and you know what else is a lot of fun? It's a lot of fun bringing in a new segment and being able to come up with something a little bit more exciting. So how about bringing in Hot Seat? Uh, and we'll, we'll have a little bit of a stinger and everything. I was going to try to get one made, but I've been busy right now. I'm actually recording from uh, an empty bedroom and an empty house. We're packing up the whole house in Ohio, getting everything moved out this weekend. So uh, I didn't have a whole lot of time for that. But this segment is called Hot Seat, and it's presented to you by Seat Geek. You can always go over to SeatGeek for any of your events, whether it be sporting events or even a concert or even some sort of show, whatever kind of events are going on in your in your area near you, or maybe you want to go travel and make a little vacation and find a good, a good seat somewhere. Guess what? There's no better place to find a good seat at whatever event you're going to than at SeatGeek.com or by using the SeatGeek mobile app. You can go over there and, and find an amazing seat for an amazing price and guess what you can even save $20 by using code R2TO for $20 off at SeatGeek.com or by using the mobile app you can use code R2TO for $20 off your first purchase uh, and it's an amazing way to do it my favorite feature about SeatGeek is that when you scroll into the app or online you can see all of the different seats that are available there are little dots everywhere and most of the time there are plenty for you to choose from but you can see a red dot and you can know that I'm just not even going to bother with it because it's not as good of a deal. But if you see a green dot, you know to click on it and it's, it's categorized that way for you, made easy for you. So you click on that green dot, you know you're getting a great deal. And you can also zoom in that probably my favorite feature about it that you don't see in most other ticket buying apps or websites is that you can zoom in and see exactly where your seat is at on the map. You know exactly what row it's in. You know if you're near an aisle or in the middle. Uh, and all of that stuff. So it's it's an amazing app or website to go to for any of your seats whenever you go to any event. So again, use SeatGeek.com or the mobile app and use code R2TO for $20 off. It's an amazing way to get your tickets. But today's hot seat goes to Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, th- this is something that is, 
the, the entire Lamar story has been on everybody's mind. It's probably right up there just below Aaron Rodgers and what's going on there with the Jets. But we've been wondering, mm -hmm. where is Lamar going to end up? Uh, and it seems that, for me, I'm going to put Lamar on the hot seat, but I, I can also put the Ravens over on the hot seat as well. Because, for one, uh, I'm going to read Lamar's tweet that kind of broke some news to everybody. But Lamar tweeted out and said, A letter to my fans. I want to first thank you all for the love and support you consistently show towards me. All of you are amazing, and I appreciate you all so much. I want you all to know not to believe everything you read about me. Let, uh, let me personally answer your questions. In regards to my future plans, as of March 2nd, I requested a trade from the Ravens organization for which the Ravens has not been, in, 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 has not been interested in meeting my value. Any and everyone that that's has met me or been around me know I love the game of football and my dream is to help a team. Now, just from reading that much, I know that Lamar needs to go back to Louisville and finish his, his degree there to get a little bit better education <laughs> and learning how to write. Um, but he says, win the Super Bowl. Uh, you all are great, but I had to make a business decision that was best for my family and I. No matter how far I go, where my career takes me, I'll continue to close. Uh, I'll continue to be close to my my fans of Baltimore Flock Nation and the entire state of Maryland. You'll see me again. So, you know, for Lamar to make this, you know, I, I I put Lamar on the hot seat because this is something that I've brought up ever since all of this started coming out with Lamar. I think he's an incredibly talented player, but I don't think he's the best quarterback in the league. And I also don't think that just because the Browns screwed up and offered Deshaun Watson way too much money and guaranteed it on top of that, I don't think that that mm -hmm. constitutes a new way to make contracts for anyone, let alone you know even just any quarterback. Just because the Browns screwed up and made that contract does not mean that Lamar deserves more money. Uh, and not only that, but Lamar passed up a lot of money from the Ravens. Uh, and what the Ravens were, were doing shows that they really want to keep him there. They really want to keep him happy. But what they're trying to do to, to Lamar is say, hey, hold up and, 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 you know, you go out and you find whatever deal you possibly can. You let us know, you know, what, what kind of deal other teams are, are offering you. Because they put a franchise tag on them that basically says you go out and get another offer from another team. We'll match it. That shows that the Ravens want to keep Lamar. They do not want him to leave. And it shows that they're willing to pay him whatever any other team is willing to pay him. And Lamar keeps on trying to negotiate for more money. And I, I you know, and to make a business decision for you and your family, dude, you're making millions of dollars every year and you passed up millions of dollars every year. So for a business decision, Lamar, I'm putting you on the hot seat because you know what? Sometimes you have to humble yourself and realize what position you're in. You have a chance to be an NFL quarterback for the team that gave you a chance, for the team that did not pass up on you. Every other team in the NFL passed up on you on draft day. Every other team, until the Baltimore Ravens came up on the clock. And you know who they chose? They chose Lamar Jackson. And they didn't say, we want Lamar Jackson for running back. They didn't say, we want Lamar Jackson to be our wide receiver, our tight end, wherever they wanted to put you. They said, we want Lamar Jackson to be the quarterback and the face of this franchise. And you're passing that up and leaving them. So personally, I put Lamar on the hot seat. I think this does put the Ravens on the hot seat a little bit too, because you're probably going to lose Lamar now. Um, but, you know, Ultimately, I'm putting it all on Lamar because I think this is kind of a selfish move, uh, that, and that's just my own opinion. Again, I, to go from what Lamar says, I don't know what all is going on behind the scenes, and I'll give him that that advantage there, that I don't know everything that's been going on uh, in negotiations. But, Jeremy, I know you kind of brought this one to my attention today because I haven't even been on social media a whole lot trying to move and everything. But, you know, what do you think with Lamar uh, now apparently requesting a trade uh, since the beginning of this month, I know the I know the phrase money talks, but I mean, Josh, you said it pretty well. You're making millions upon millions of dollars that all of us wish we could easily make, and you're going to do the thing that you love to do every single day in and day out. Okay. I mean, I understand in some aspects that 
Um, what you want to do is go to a different team and play football for a different team. I, I understand that physically, but at the same time, I'm in the same boat. You got offered so much money and you completely shot it down, which really, really surprised me. And they're like you said, the best, Josh, there could have been any physical team in the NFL draft that easily could have picked Lamar. And they all looked at him's name. Nah, I don't want him. Nah, I don't want him. You guys can have him. We can work a trade out, whatever the situation be. And I mean, it's just still overall mesmerizing. Like, don't get me wrong. Like you said, Lamar Jackson's not the best quarterback in the league. He still definitely does have some learning to do. He's He has a good arm. I will give him that. But he's also a really, really strong runner. That's what Lamar Jackson is really known for outside of his story is his running ability. I mean, I don't exactly remember what he ran during the combine. But, I mean, he really, really showed everybody up at the combine and said, hey, don't forget who I really am and what I could physically do off the field, whether it's a running perspective or even a throwing perspective. And I'm kind of an inbo, like I said, on you, Josh. I mean, you could do so much with all that money, and then you shoot it down, and then you're requesting a trade to go anywhere with that franchise tag. And I really couldn't even tell you a team that would honestly pick up Lamar Jackson from the Ravens. I, I physically couldn't think of a team that could off the top of my head. Well, and what I'm thinking too is that, you know, and again, again, this is all speculation. I haven't had any reports telling me, you know, to confirm what's, what's happening here. But what I'm assuming is if the Ravens said, we're going to put a franchise tag on you, if any other team offers something, we will match it. You know, so if this is a money thing, by all means, we'll match it. What that tells me is no other team offered more than what the Ravens were offering him. So, I mean, you know, at the very least, there were no other other teams that were too convincing for the Ravens to 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 you know, uh, too convincing uh, I guess for the Ravens not to be able to to match. Uh, so you know, I'm just I'm not sure. And then the way that Lamar comes out, basically the way that he says this in his tweet, is almost like the Ravens are just unwilling to trade him, uh, you know, for what he's really worth. No, the Ravens are probably having a hard time trading Lamar for what he thinks he's worth. Uh, you know, and it's it's not to say that Lamar doesn't deserve a lot of money because he does, and he is one of the probably top yeah. five quarterbacks in the league. If you want to give him the top five, I'd say for sure top ten. Uh, you know, you know, I, yeah. I, I would I would think right around number eight for me. Maybe I'd have to really think about it and 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 lay him out. But still, a top ten quarterback that's incredibly hard to do. You're you're in the top ten uh, quarterbacks really in the world when you when you're the top ten in the NFL. So. That, that's incredible, and yes, you mm-hmm. do deserve to get paid, and you deserve to get paid a lot, but that's what the Ravens are trying to give you, and you're unwilling to work with that. Maybe it's maybe it's other things in, in the Ravens organization, kind of like what Aaron Rodgers is trying to walk away from in Green Bay, that, that Green Bay really wasn't working with him, and that led up to a lot of frustrations between him and Green Bay, uh, you know, and so I can understand something like that, but if it's just a money issue, and it's just trying to, to get paid uh, I think Lamar needs to step back and realize how much he's really being offered here, uh, and also understand that that's that's plenty for for the for what he's doing, uh, and and also to recognize 100%. from the Ravens' perspective, if we offer you all of this guaranteed, you have to remember Lamar's gotten some pretty severe injuries in the past two seasons, which really hurt the Ravens in their in their season and going into the playoffs. Uh, so I mean, why would I want to want to offer you guaranteed money when we have to look at this from a business perspective, like Lamar's doing for himself. He's, he says it's all business. Mm-hmm. It's also business for the Ravens. Hey, what if you get hurt again? And we still have to pay you. Now we're not able to pick anybody else up to replace you if we need to, if you get hurt again. So, you know, he has to understand from their perspective. And I think the fact that he's acting as his own agent is really hurting him in this situation because he doesn't have an agent to give him advice and say, hey, listen, this is a really good deal, and you need to take it. 100%. I mean, that's a big thing to think about in the consideration. Not having an agent during in the NFL, that's going to be a lot of stress and multiple ideas and thinking on your shoulders. Like, that's something that is huge in Lamar Jackson's life right now. And, I mean, you said it best. He gets hurt again. 
what's going to happen for the Ravens? I mean, it's either going to be a, a, a shining moment with their second-string quarterback, who I do not know who is, or it could be a complete flip of a switch and make them a team that could easily be knocked out of the playoff picture or not even become a team that you even want to think about anymore. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, hopefully Lamar can come to his senses and hopefully it all works out because I, I definitely don't want to see something like what happened to Le'Veon Bell asking for too much money uh, and nobody wants to give it to yeah. him and he ends up not being in the league. And that's, you know, for Lamar, I think I can compare him to that because that's kind of what I see going on right here. Uh, and, and, you know, Le'Veon Bell is not really in the league anymore. You know, he's not he's not a feature back anymore. Uh, you know, and so that, that's, mm -hmm. it's really sad to see that talent go to waste. And hopefully that doesn't happen with Lamar. And hopefully I'm, hopefully I'm completely wrong about everything. And I will admit it if I find out otherwise, if I find out that the Ravens were just being horrible to him and they weren't offering him anything and, uh, you know, they weren't, they weren't willing to, to negotiate with them, whatever the case may be. I'm willing to, to admit that I was wrong, but this just from the outside looking in and from past experiences and seeing what's, what's going on in the past, that's just kind of what it looks like to me. Um, but again, this is the hot seat by Seat Geek, and again, today's hot seat goes to Lamar Jackson. Um, but again, you can use code R2TO at SeatGeek.com or the Seat Geek app for $20 off your first purchase. Go check it out. Uh, and you know, we're talking about all of these games, all of these these sports, which are a lot of fun. But a, a really fun way to watch sports is to kind of get involved in these sports and kind of make yourself feel like you have something in the game going on. And a great way to do that is with DraftKings. Because with DraftKings, you can pull up their mobile app, or if you wanna use the, the, go online and check them out. DraftKings, you can go on there and find amazing ways to bet, and it's so simple. Uh, and, and not only that, but you can use the link down below in the description, uh, and you can win yourself up to $200 instantly in free bets. All you have to do is sign up with the link down in the, in the, in the description. It's dkng.co slash bellyup150. You use that link and you place a $5 bet on any game, any kind of bet, $5, and you instantly win $200 in free bets. That's an amazing way to play with house money. Uh, so, you know, win yourself some money with that free $200, and man, you're, you're set for a long time if you, if you make the right picks. But we've been doing a little bit of a... a uh, a competition here on rising to the occasion we've all, all been placing our bets uh and so right now uh, in in the month of march the way that it stands right now uh britain and i are tied for first at four and four uh jeremy is, and blake are both tied at two and six uh for the rankings right now it's been a tough a tough month to bet because i think a lot of us we've been either been either been trapped in some of this march madness that we've been talking about and taking a bet on mm -hmm. uh, March Madness where, man, it's really difficult because there's been a lot of madness <laughs> and, a, and a lot of chaos going on in yeah, that. Um, but then even in the NHL, where we're taking a safe bet in the NHL, all of a sudden that safe bet turns into, what the heck just now happened? Oh, yeah, it's getting close to playoff time and teams are fighting hard for a playoff spot. Or you got the Columbus Blue Jackets just being jerks to everybody and stealing their dreams. You know, you've got teams like that kind of stepping in there. So, uh, you know, it, it's definitely been a weird month to try to bet. Um, but for all of those who are wanting to join in with us, you can also go over to DraftKings by using the link down below. Sign up, place $5 bet, win $200 instantly in free bets. Um, but tonight, give me Avalanche to cover the one and a half spread against the Ducks. So I believe that the, the Avalanche will win by two or more, uh, and that's at minus 110 for odds. And I'm gonna take the Kraken money line versus Wild. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go with a little bit of chaos here. Uh, so Kraken money line versus Wild at plus 100. Uh, so that was kind of the, the, the two bets that I'm picking for tonight. Uh, I guess for, for the listeners, since it's just Jeremy and I tonight and we didn't plan this ahead uh, well enough, we're not going to put this on the official record, but we'll have our own little competition here tonight to see who can pull away with a better record just for tonight. Um, but Jeremy, what, what were your two picks for tonight? My picks for tonight were um, the exact opposite you had. I had the Minnesota Wild beating the Seattle Kraken. Looking at it right now live on DraftKings, it's, 
with the Minnesota Wild minus two fifty five and the Seattle Kraken plus two oh five. So I'm sticking with my hockey town in Minnesota five. I'm sticking with the Minnesota Wild over the Seattle Kraken. Minnesota Wild been hot, and I really yeah. hope that doesn't come back and bite me in the butt. Um, then my other pick, I oh, speaking of which, it just updated actually now. I have the New Jersey Devils beating the New York Islanders, and looking at it right now, the New Jersey Devils are minus one ten, and the New New York Islanders are minus one twenty. So this game has become really good, and that's probably going to be the game I'm going to watch immediately after this episode tonight. But I'm still yeah. So your odds actually went down a little bit on that one, but they went up on the first one uh, prior to these games starting because they're they're going on as we're recording this right now or as we're live. But uh, so pregame, mm-hmm. you're your wild money line was minus 120. Your devil's money line was minus 130. So your devil's money line went down a little bit, but your your wild money line went up. So you're you're looking good on wild. Um, but you know we'll, we'll see what ends up going on uh, in both of those games. But we'll have a little bit of a, a competition, I guess. In the one game, we're going t- directly against each other uh, between the Kraken and the Wild. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens there, and that that might be the deciding factor for us t- tonight too. But that'll be be our our nightly competition since again it was just kind of poor planning and getting the uh, the bets from the other guys to getting them involved but yeah it should be a lot of fun but uh you know it that's just that's the fun of it you know you can sit here and have a little bit of competition a friendly competition between your friends uh, and see who can make the better bets or you can help each other out um, but regardless it's just there's something about being able to be feel involved in the game by betting with DraftKings. And DraftKings is probably my favorite sports book. Uh, you know, let me rephrase that. It is my favorite sports book because it's just so easy to use. So again, go. go check out DraftKings. It's an amazing sports book. And again, amazing way to kind of jump in and feel like you're a part of the action. Um, but that's pretty much all that we have for tonight. I wanna to thank everybody so much for watching, for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, we need you to do a couple of things. Comment for us, comment. Uh, you know, just about anything that you, you've heard throughout the show, comment because that helps us with the algorithms, shows up on the on the search lists and stuff like that. Uh, you know, you can, you can comment to us what you think about the Lamar situation. Comment on uh, if you had any of the top four in your final four. Uh, let us know about the Frozen Four, anything like that. Please comment below. You can also like this episode. And of course, as always, hit that subscribe button hit the notification bell if you want to know when we're either going live on YouTube or even when we just update something on there. And if you're listening on audio, you can give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. So we thank you all so much for your support and for watching, for listening, and until next time.